Yes, welcome to Racing Debate. We've got lots to get stuck into. Very, very shortly, we'll be joined by the brilliant Kevin Blake, who's uh, written a good blog this week about the hand. Hold on, is that Irish not the, the Kevin Blake we usually have then? No, it's the other one. It's the brilliant one. Okay, cool. Uh, the brilliant Kevin who's written a blog this week about the handicapping of Irish horses at the Cheltenham Festival, which we always come to at this time of the year, but there's some interesting stuff in there. We'll be joined by Kevin very, very shortly. Uh, we might touch on that uh, Phoenix Racing story, if you haven't seen that. Tis Ooh. the Bomb, classic campaign. Guineas and Derby for Tis the Bomb, even though Phoenix Racing are banned from entering runners in this country currently. Uh, we'll talk more about um, Cheltenham. Uh, we've asked you some questions as well. Should, should we flag those up now? Let's do that now. I think we should, Sean. Cheltenham uh, around the corner and this is the, the topic that we're going to touch on in more detail with Kevin in just a moment uh, but uh, the Sky Sports Racing Twitter account asked you this have what's uh, your view on how the Irish have been treated by the what British they handicap <laughs> struggling there they asked it better than I did not the longest um, question ever overall are the Irish handicap marks for the festival harsh about a third of you thought they were but just over half of you thought they were fair so, I mean, I've no idea how anyone can answer that until after the festival. Well, that's classic results-driven analysis by you, Matt. You can't wait to see the outcome before having a view. <laughs> it's either right or it's wrong. Well, if all the Irish win, it's a fair chance they might be quite well handicapped. If they don't, they're probably not, are they? Is, if it's is, even well, Stevens, they might be even Stevens. I'm just putting that out there, but obviously everyone knows the results before the races. Yes, uh, it's a fair point that you make. Uh, the other poll uh, that we put out, which is a bit of a perennial, a hardy perennial at oh. this time of the year, is, and it came, I, I thought we were, this wasn't going to come up this year. I genuinely thought we might get away with it, but it has come up this year, not least because Nicky Henderson was uh, asked about it and gave some, some, some views about it. Um, would you like to see... This would be, you know... A lot Tom, of our excellent polls. producer, he's just about managed to get this on the, on the screen, hasn't he? He's, all, he's just about... Just squeezed those percentage marks in. He's, he's liked all the, all the sort of what you could call emojis on the left, but he's just like, I tell you what, we'll just squeeze those percentages in. To be fair, it did only close about two minutes ago, so they, they, they've had to work very quickly. But would you like to see the Cheltenham Festival? will become a five-day event. That's an interesting question. Would you like it? Um, uh, yes. Yes, I'd like it, uh, said 15% of you. But 84% of you said no, which is slightly more than usual. It's normally about an 80-20 split. Uh, but we'll come to that as Makes well. Makes no difference, though, does it? What we think. No. Nobody cares what we no, think. No, it could be 100% no, and it will still happen. Will it happen? That's British racing for you. Is it inevitable? People don't want it. They do it. That's what it's all about, this sport. You well, know that, John. There's an interesting... More racing. Well, everyone knows there should be less, so they put more on. Everyone it, says that. It's always that. the same. Everyone voices. says that. Well, it is true. Well, is it true? Yes. If we have a five-day Cheltenham Festival, will it or will it not sell out? OK, do you want me to answer this question now? In my, like, do you want me to sum up my opinion of this? No, I want you to ask, answer the question I just asked you, which is, if we have a five-day festival, will it sell out? Uh, yeah, it will, yeah. OK, so people do want it. Uh, no. We'll come back to that. Hold that thought. Let's introduce Mr Kevin Blake to the conversation. Bit of, bit of reason uh, to the debate. Hold on, you uh, promised me a different one. It's the same <laughs> old balmy one with, no. the, with the slightly tinted hair these days. He's <laughs> definitely gone down the weaver route there, hasn't he? I can assure you this you, is you'd be, you'd be the expert, Matthew. You'd be the expert. <laughs> oh, 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 natural, my friend. As you can tell, I have no dog in this particular fight. Um, Kevin, um, let, let's get this out of the way, shall we? Because you've, you've polled your, your social media followers on this, and it's normally an 80-20% against. Uh, Cheltenham Festival, five days, yes or no? Look, it's a ridiculous idea, Sean. Look, and you're 100% right. It probably will sell out. Commercially, it makes all the sense of the world for the jockey club, but... What are the jockey clubs supposed to be doing? Are they supposed to be, you know, maximizing profits or are they supposed to be acting in the interest of the sport? Some would some would say both, but you'd like to think that, you know, the interests of the sport uh, would would still, you know, rank quite highly 
in the jockey club decisions. And um, the core fan base don't want this. You know, and it's obvious why it's been illustrated why all season long we don't have enough good horses, Sean. We don't have nearly enough races. good might horses. Be, might be six races a day, Kevin, over four days. There's only two more races to find. We just ditched a couple, so just bring those back. We, we it's already not, it's have not more seven races. too many, Sean. We already have seven too many. You know, so we don't need two more. We need seven less. You know, if 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 you, look, and it comes down to what you want Cheltenham to be. If you want Cheltenham to be what I would dare say it's supposed to be, the championships of National Hunt Racing, the day that we build to all season, where we get to see all the clashes that we've been crying out to see all season, you know, you need less races. Because right now we, we have too many, you know, too much ducking and diving going on. We're hoping on a, on a you know, a series of convenient um, circumstances to bring about some of the clashes we want to see. There's too many races there as it is. Look, if they want to turn it into a punches down, you know, which has you know loads of grade ones, loads of grade racing, but a load of you know filler races that that excites very few people. You know, let them make that, it, it make make Cheltenham into that if they want to. But well, that would be a massive what, pity. What if the model it would is... be a massive pity? Yeah, I mean, it's not a case if they want to, they're going to do it, aren't they? We we all know that whatever we say on these shows and whatever the people say. Cheltenham will become five days, I would imagine, within the next five years, at the very least, perhaps in the next two or three years. Um, there's no doubt it's going to happen, but actually everything that Kevin has said is, is absolutely correct. Commercially, we all know it's going to make sense. We all know the sport is going to uh, benefit from the money, and it's not just about Cheltenham. It's about jockey club racecourses, which has to keep other racecourses going as well. But from the point of what Cheltenham should be, it makes no sense at all. The three-day Cheltenham was absolutely the model. There were enough races to fill it, to make it superb. The Triumph Hurdle was amazing. There weren't any of these ridiculously low-grade mares races that we have to put up with now. The mares went against the boys and tried to win. That's what it was about. Now, we've diluted it to four days. Diluted it considerably. The Triumph Hurdle is just a, a pathetic little conditions race now where it used to be this incredibly tough race for four-year-olds where we used to say, will they train on and will they carry on after this great event? All that kind of thing is gone from the game. The, the handicaps have come in. We've got all these mares races. Um, so it's diluted as already, already, as Kevin said. It's going to get diluted more, even though it's only going to be two more races. And then, of course, the experience on one day is less because you can have one race less for the people who are going already. So we all know the two sides of the coin here. Purist angle, we want the best of the best over three days. Commercial angle, if we have it for six months, we'll still make more money. The question is eventually, because... It's a bit like that sweet you loved as a child and you ate every day for a week. And then after two weeks, you suddenly thought, you know what? I'm a bit bored of that sweet now. I might try another one. At some point, will it become so diluted that actually it becomes a bit boring? Well, that's because you have to wait for five rubbish races to get a good one. Yeah, the, the, there's the issue of dilution. The mayor's thing, people, the counter-argument I have to give, because oh. you make the argument against oh, it, Davey is, is that already tweeted. Davey Russell said these mayors wouldn't be racing if we didn't set these targets for them, so it encourages, and, and Sean, encourages that, people to buy and sell that comes from the wheeler-dealer, of the wheeler-dealer of all time, money man Davey Russell. Every trainer you bring on this show, every jockey you bring on this show, every owner you bring on this show, just about... They'll all say the same thing. Let's have more races. We've got mortgages to pay. They don't care about the history. They don't care about the competition. All they want to do is win an easy race at Cheltenham. I'm just here. I'm only two feet. No, but I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> the yeah, mayor is, 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 as I say... Um, he's about to say, I am right. Go on, Kevin. 
No, look, it ultimately comes down to short-term aims and long-term aims. Short-term, a five-day Cheltenham Festival would make money. It would be a good financial result for the jockey club. But it's the long-term that surely people like us, I'd like, to, I'd like to think, that, you know, want to be in this game for another 30 years and see it thriving. You know, we, we as a sport, build to this all season, all year. And it needs to deliver. If we're going to give it that much of a build and we're going to get so many eyes that don't pay a huge amount of attention to the rest, if we're going to get all those eyes focusing on this event, it needs to be a blockbuster. And last year, we had a record number of odds-on favourites. A quarter of all the races at the Cheltenham Festival had an odds-on favourite. To me, that's not the spectacle we should be looking to, to, to build to. You know, we want clashes. Just clashes, a couple of good tweets you know? here, Boise, from, from and the, the viewers. And the more, the more races we have, the more that we're going to get. It's just, it's not in the long-term best interest of the game, I feel. Blakey, shush. Uh, a couple of good tweets here. Um, on the snaps, this is what happens to the Midlands Grand National. Well, you've got you to say on the snaps, do you think the powers that be are going to care two hoots about the Midlands National? Although I believe I remember a bookmaker's coming on here and actually saying that that meeting almost generates more than, than some of the other days. Um, but that's, there is a point, but I don't think Cheltenham are going to care two hoots about the Midlands National. Um, and Mr Reynolds says, um, could Cheltenham provide good, safe ground for five days of racing? Well, they do it at Ascot. Um, obviously, it's a bit different with jumps racing, but it is another question. My gut feeling is they probably can. If they can do it for four, they can probably do it for five. There are concerns about that, I understand. There are genuine concerns about whether that is uh, uh, viable in certain... They do in it certain, at Punchstown. In certain years, in certain weather conditions, etc. So let me ask you, just to close this one, yeah. uh, finally, uh, you've both made the case against, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to give my... My view is we should. Why not, boys? Are you sitting well, my, on the fence again? My, my view is we should go back to three days, but that bird has flown. Yeah, there we that, go. The, the, you know, that <laughs> ship has sailed. So let me put the counter argument to you. Is what are you scared of? What are you scared of? Because this will either sink or swim. You, you both say we don't want it, the purists don't want it, the fans don't want it, and yet the, w w you're also conceding that the, the, the festival will sell out for five days. It will generate huge income, which are all positives for the, for the group involved and for the sport and for fans, etc., etc., etc. So it will either sink or swim. Let it, let it float. Um, and see see uh, what happens, or have we, or have we already reached that point of diminishing returns? I, I wonder if we already have actually in terms of the entries this year. Whether 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 you know the the fears about five days are are correct. Sure, the, dam the damage was done twenty years ago when they increased it to four days. Like as Matt says, if you set out with a blank sheet of paper to set up a championships of national hunt racing, it would have looked very very similar to what the three day festival did. You know, it had. Uh, a couple of options at championship level for all the horses, not three, more like two, and a series of handy, appropriate handicaps for the next level down. And it was magnificent. You know, we probably didn't appreciate it enough at the time. And if you go to five, you're just diminishing the value of your most important product, Boise. Like Cheltenham are in such a lucky position to have, you know, all the focus of this entire sport on these four days. And I just hope they, they realise how, how much responsibility they have for the overall health of the sport when making decisions like this. Because I, I just... Bar a few extra quid in their pocket, I can't see any positives. I, to, I wonder, though, like Matt, whether, whether, whether people don't already see that. You look at the entries for this year, you look at the way that horses are dodging each other, not just at the festival itself, but also in their campaigns because of the range of targets. Surely the writing's already on the wall. Surely people looking at this will look at it and see five, five isn't viable. No, I don't think they'll be thinking that at all, Sean. Because, as, as Kevin has already said, if you really felt like that, you wouldn't have gone from three to four. Just the fact you've gone from three to four means that you are fully capable of going from four to five and even four to six if you wanted to. Like, the, clearly, from the point of view of competition alone, there is no thought 
goes into the Cheltenham Festival. That that is that is already clear. Um, the where the thought goes in is 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 from the money, and they we all appreciate it is going to make more money for the sport, and only, the sport, only if people buy into it and support it. Well, they will, won't they? They will. Well, therefore, they will go. Sh Sean, but, you, Sean, you say a fifth day would sell out. What a sixth day sell out? Yeah. What about a seventh? What about an eighth? How far along a line do we have to go before this stops making commercial sense? You know, like well, the you, public will decide. Won't it's, it? it's something we really struggle with in racing: is the concept, the core concept of less is more. You know, we really struggle with that. Anytime something succeeds, we just go more, more. It's working more. You know, when there's the clever guys knocking around the sporting world, realize less is more, and there is value in, in rarity. And I think we're completely missing that point here in this whole debate. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, some, if people realise that we're, we're quite close. No, the problem to that point you've got here, Sean, is the reason you're stumbling a little bit is that you are kind of meant to be the stirrer, the, the voice of reason, but actually you agree with everything me and Kevin are saying, <laughs> and that leaves you in a very tricky position to wrap up because you want to put the other side, but you can't because you know we're right. I, I, I wonder whether some common sense might prevail, because I, 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 I do genuinely think that the point of diminishing returns and the point where we have that kind of emperor's new clothes for Some you, things have to remain special, here. sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, but I think we might be very close to reaching that point, closer than some people realise already. But maybe I'm completely wrong. Your views are welcome. The poll was very clear. Uh, the vast majority of you don't want an extra day. What about the handicapping of Irish horses? Kevin Blake's got views on that. Oh. Your views welcome too. Back after this. Welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. Mr Matt Chapman is with us. The brilliant Kevin Blake is with us. That version uh, still with us as well. Um, just a couple of quick emails very quickly. Five-day festival. Um, the poll was very clear. Michael says, uh, make it three again. It's only five, so the bookies can scrape some winning back. Will nobody think of the poor bookmakers in all of, uh, in all of this discussion? Anthony says, if Cheltenham becomes five days, of course it will sell out. But like Royal Ascot, it will start with a bang and fade out into a ball fest. Maybe Ascot is the, is the model rather than... Uh, Punchestown. Ascot's doing all right. The Heath Day has become part of the festival and um, life goes on. Uh, Sean and Matt, um, five, six race cards out of veterans. This is from Adrian. Five, six race, five, six race cards out of veterans chase. A two and a half mile hurdle. Won't dilute what is already there. For people who don't want it, just switch off. We'll carry on without you. That's such uh, a terrible Adrian. attitude, isn't well, Adrian, it? It's just a terrible, terrible, he's a bit of a lone terrible voice. message. He's a bit of just a lone voice. Just switch off if you don't like it. I mean, jeez. Right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the handicapping of Irish horses at the Cheltenham Festival because we have an Irish handicapping system and a British handicapping system. They try and harmonise as much as possible. There was an update from the BHA this week about their ongoing handicap review. They did say they weren't having a review, but they, they are, um, about the handicapping of national hunt horses. There was a feeling they were drifting up. Well, not a feeling. They were drifting up. They've been trying to correct some success in correcting the handicap hurdle division, less so in the chases, particularly around the sort 140-ish of mark. You can read about that on the British Horse Racing uh, website. But when it comes to the festival, Kevin, the British handicapper sits down, looks at the Irish entries and allots his own marks, which gives, you know, some interesting um, variations. And, and there are average tweaks, but there is also sort of individual tweaks, which are sometimes more interesting. Uh, you've, you've crunched the data for us, starting with the juvenile handicap hurdlers, so the, the, the horse is going in the four-year-old handicap. Um, what have you found? 
Yeah, look, I've been tracking these for, for a good few years now, Sean, because it's important to push past the anecdotal and go into the broader sense to get a, a full idea of what's going on. And sure, look, after what happened last year at Cheltenham, uh, the subsequent review of the handicap system you mentioned, and there has been some broader action taken, but I suppose there was a, a wide expectation that the Irish might get a bit of a clipping um, in terms of the rating differentials this year. Um, but the juvenile handicap hurdlers is probably the best news that they got. And there was a big drop, as you can see there, um, a couple of years ago, down to 2.9. And it has, and despite the Irish, you know, doing very well in the race for the last few years, it hasn't bounced back up all that much, 0.4 of a pound. So I think in terms of the, the Boodles Juvenile Handicap Hurdle, and the Irish won't be feeling too hard done by there. So um, as, as someone on Twitter said, Sean, the, the, the less Blake moans, the, the better it means they're, they're in. <laughs> so I'm not moaning too much about the juvenile hurdlers, so you can, you can take your own from this. This was maybe the most surprising thing, Sean, the chasers. Um, because for a very simple reason, as you can see, it's been pretty steady for the last few years. Um, like the British, uh, amongst all the Irish domination, the British have been holding their own in the handicap chases at Cheltenham. Um, so it was a big surprise to me to see such a jump, um, 1.7 pounds of an average amongst the differentials. That was a big surprise to me. Um, that was something I wasn't expecting. Do you and, think, um, uh, which... sorry, Kevin, on, on that, sorry to interrupt, do you think there's a link between them, them failing to move the, the, the British chase handicap marks down as much as they'd hoped by this point and, and, and that rise that they feel that we might need to correct more for the Irish um, if, if we fail to bring our own down? Possibly, but you look at the results overall and you say that there isn't as much of an issue to be addressed with the chasers in the first place. But anyway, that's what they've done. And the hurdlers, I suppose, is always the most contentious one because the Irish are, are fared particularly well in the hurdle races. And then you see here, it's gone up a full pound of an average in the differentials. Um, it, it wasn't a complete shock, but it is when you look at the, the overall scheme of things, Boise. You mentioned the handicap review. You know, I, I hammered into those numbers. I won't go into them all here because it's, there's, there's a lot of numbers and they're all there on paper in my article on the At The Races website. But they have succeeded in dropping the levels of the British trained handicap hurdlers quite a bit. And, you know, forum students all season have been saying, you know, pointing out, you know, anecdotal examples of, God, that looks particularly leaning in treatment for that British trained hurdler. Um, so in, in that broader scheme of things, it might have been hoped that they wouldn't go quite so hard on the differentials uh, with the Irish horses, um, but they've given it a good whack. It's up to its highest level, um, certainly since I've been tracking the numbers. And um, sure, look, that's a, a bit of a concern if you, if you train, um, if you have an Irish trained handicap hurdler going into the festival. Yeah, as you say, it's, it's, it's an area where they had had some success bringing down the ratings over here, so it is surprising that they've, they've lumped up the Irish. Is, are there one or two outliers that are pushing up the averages? You know, is, is the average a good guide? Because some horses are only going to be a pound higher over here than they are back home, whereas some will be six or seven pounds higher. Yeah, there's, there's always a big range, Sean. It, it's, it's the inconsistency that probably causes most of the ire on this issue. You know, you know, there's one horse there that's 15 pounds higher than in Ireland. You know, there's a couple that are 10 pounds, 9 pounds. And then there's a few that are off the exact same mark in Ireland. You know, so there, there's a big range and it, it creates scope for individuals to be, you know, have a, be justified in being upset. You know, you look, you break it down by individual trainer. You know, Gordon Elliott has been the poster boy of this for years. Like, his average differential has been way higher than all the other top Irish trainers for years. You know, I don't know how he doesn't rear up more about it because it's been very, very clear for years. 
And uh, that creates the frustration, Sean. I think, and Gordon said it himself last week, if, um, if everyone was dealt with the, same, with the same treatment, you know, they pick a number, whatever they feel the levels are out by, be it four or five pounds, whatever, and everyone knew, right, we're going to be four or five pounds higher if we run in Britain. Um, I think that would be very simple, very straightforward for everyone. And better again, Sean, if the British and Irish handicappers could sit down, as they do at the end of the year for the Anglo-Irish classifications, and just harmonise the systems. You know, I know the British side and the Irish side have come out this season and kind of poured water on that. But if they really wanted to do it, Sean, of course they'd be able to do it. Um, but I think the British handicappers in particular like to uh, keep hold of some of that power to be a bit tougher on horses that, uh, that they might think have a particularly well-handicapped profile, etc. Well, the, the Gordon Elliott example is interesting, Matt, isn't it? Because I, I haven't done it for a couple of years, but when I've done it in the past, look at the percentage of horses that Elliott's horses beat in handicaps at the festival. It's really high. Yeah. So despite the, the best efforts of the handicapper, he's still successful. Uh, does that mean that his handicap marks are wrong or does it just mean he's a very good trainer? Look, I haven't gone into this like Kevin has and I don't want to try and pretend I have. Um, but I've... <laughs> We all understand handicap ratings, but there's a point with handicap ratings that I get very confused. And the point comes with, let's pick an example, Galvin, who won at Leopardstown off a mark of 165, the Savills chase. Now, I would hazard a guess, if he ran against what you could call quite a good Irish handicap chaser, who's rated 155, and gave it £10, that Galvin would still win. And this is where, for me... I find it all becomes very confusing because there are loads of horses that I see all through the week rated somewhere between 135 and 145. You know, that say a two-mile hurdle is 140, is 20 pounds off being a champion hurdle horse. Yet, if Honeysuckle gave 20 pounds, the horse would be nowhere near Honeysuckle. And this is where, with handicapping, I find it very difficult and I don't know how they they interact the marks. This has to be mainly because the top chasers so rarely go into handicaps. I mean, Brave Man's Game was, was a classic example the other day at Newbury. Now, he was in a novice chase, I think it was, novice handicap chase or whatever. Um, uh, the, on paper, of course, they're meant to finish in a straight line. No one thought they would finish in a straight line and Brave Man's Game absolutely bolted up. Now He wasn't one to ten, though. Well, no, but he was odds on. Yeah. Um, but, but the point is that... Um, uh, that is an, is, is an example that's clearly hard for the handicapper because Brave Man's Game is clearly going to be a better horse than his current mark. Yeah. But, but, but what I'm saying is when you get to that top end, it's just really hard to gauge well, I think what horses can give away. And as I say, I see, I, I look at horses that are running around Sedgefield and places like that, some of them rated 130. I'm thinking, how the hell? That's £25 off running in a championship race at Cheltenham. And yet, if it was in a championship race at Cheltenham, it would be four hurdles behind or something. It's yeah. just... I don't know what Kevin thinks, but it just, I just find it really hard to equate the top end with the sort of middle-ish to good end. Well, despite Matt saying he hasn't, he hasn't gone into the figures, he's kind of identified the area of most concern, arguably, that particular range, which, which is where the BHA have identified what they call a bulge in their, in their system. Too many horses in that... Um, Grey, you mentioned harmonisation. I, I, how does that work on a practical level, Kevin? How, how can we get this right? Well, well, just quickly, on Matt's point there, like we, we've been talking about this for years, Sean, and we discussed it on the Sunday Forum, you'll remember. Like I've been writing about this for six or seven years. Like There has been a clearly identifiable um, inflation of the number of horses rated 140-plus and at the same time, horses rated you know, 165-plus and 170-plus has stayed much the same. 
You know, so there was clearly an issue for years and years, the BHA. Um, and this is an issue in Ireland, too. We shouldn't forget about that. They, they didn't deal with it. And it's kind of ironic that it took, you know, a 23-5 uh, conclusion to Cheltenham for them to get on it. Um, but in terms of the harmonisation, look how does it work at the end of the season? They sit down in the room and they sort out a mark um, that, that they're both happy with. Like they're, look, they You'd have to be doing different... that week by week, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, and look, they are two different systems. You know, it's, you have to acknowledge that. And, you know, I think that... You know, if you look at the average rises for winners in Ireland compared to the UK, it's quite a bit higher and justifiably so, because if you beat a, a field of 16 handicappers, you know, you sh in, in, in similar style to an English horse winning a five runner handicap, you should go up more in Ireland than you do in the UK. Um, and maybe there hasn't been enough of that. But like I say, Sean, if if you if they really wanted to, of course they'd do it. Like there's very clever guys on both sides of the IRC when it comes to handicapping. And if if it came down to they had to do it, they definitely would. I'm sure it would function just fine. Just to give an example of something that's happened in the last sort of 24 hours or whatever, uh, Metier, who ran at Kelso yesterday, is 146. Um, Honeysuckle, when she won at Leopardstown last time, her mark that day was 165, 19 pounds between them. Obviously, there's a mayor's allowance involved in all that. But, you know, no one thinks that Metier, if it was a handicap, Honeysuckle and Metier in a match. Honeysuckle would be about one to six or something in a match. In, a in, in my opinion, I'm, other people might disagree. But in my opinion, Honeysuckle will be... And so clearly, it has to be wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. What about the Anglo-Irish aspect of this, uh, Kevin? Because we're, we're correcting uh, to try and perceive try and address a perceived advantage that the Irish have as a group. Um, is, is that fair? Is there anything in that? Is there any advantage that the Irish have, either because the handicapping systems are out of whack or, or the way they're campaigned in Ireland? Is there any substance behind us trying to address it on this side of the Irish Sea? Look, there was issues in the past in terms of different weight for age scales and what have you. But I think really, really, Sean, when you hammer it down, not everyone will like it, but I think a lot of it is just the product of horse quality and system in terms of average field size, etc. Because just, just, you know, it's a long time ago now, but remember back when the Ireland weren't doing well, you know, we'll say a championship level at the Cheltenham Festival, they weren't winning handicaps either. You know, it, it, one feeds the other. And in Ireland, you have, you know, maiden hurdles that you could run as graded races in the UK and no one would blink. You know, you only have a handful of really valuable handicap hurdles every year. And there can only be one winner in one second and one third. And the rest probably aren't going to go up in the weights. You know, so that, that's how you end up with, with really well handicapped horses, like a, we'll say, a gallop and the champ ended up, ending up in a handicap, because sometimes it just doesn't always work out in their first few runs. And because the likes of Willie and Gordon have so much ammo and so many horses that it has worked out for, and they want to target a grade ones, you know, the ones that it hasn't worked out for go into handicaps. They'll, they'll run five or six of them. And the one that clicks on the day, that loves the conditions, the run of the race, um, they might just show themselves that they were a grade one horse handicapped off 145. And that, that's not a systemic thing. You know, that's not something that an extra two or three pounds for the British handicapper is going to stop. You know, that's just the product of the system. And what happens, Sean, dare I say, when you have good field sizes and high-quality horses running week in, week out, and unfortunately, for, for a variety of reasons, that's not what we're getting in the UK at the minute. Yeah. Is there a danger, I wonder, in trying to produce a kind of level playing field? We're trying to produce an equality of outcome, which is not realistic. Some trainers are better than others, Matt. Some trainers are smarter at campaigning. They're better at placing their horses. They, they, it's they not even that, sure. it's, it's a case of some horses are better than others, yeah. surely. And, and the point is that it almost feels like the better the Irish horses are, 
the answer to that is just to put less weight on ours and more weight on theirs. It's, it's, you're going back to Farlap, aren't you? Back in the days of the great Farlap, who, you know, the handicappers effectively broke down in Australia just by lumping weight on his back because they, they couldn't cope with him winning. So they just thought, you know what, we'll stop you in the end. And in the end, they broke the horse down. Um, and that kind of feels a little bit like this. It's, 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 the, the problem is gauging is... Are the trainers better? Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that Willie Munns and Gordon Elliott are better trainers than Paul Nichols and Nicky Henderson. Uh, that's my opinion. Others can disagree. So it has to boil down to the horse more than anything, doesn't it? But, well, but just stopping Irish horses with weight... Yeah doesn't seem right to Handicap, me. I mean, if they're better, they're better. Handicapping should equalise that. And, uh, but, but still, trainers have, you know, some trainers get strike rates of 15, 20% in handicaps. Others have strike rates of 5%. Anyway, we must move on. Uh, interesting story oh, from across, look the, the, across the pond. Oh, it was my must you move look on. look at Blakey like that. He <laughs> can't hear me from here. Uh, we must move on. Um, should Tis the Bomb be allowed to run over here? We'll talk about that after the break. Welcome back to Racing Debates here on Sky Sports Racing with Matt Chapman and Kevin Blake is still with us as well. Stay with us for a minute, Kevin, because I wanted your view on this story. A story from the United States, Tis the Bomb. Uh, good horse on the, on the turf as a two-year-old second in the juvenile turf at the Breeders' Cup. Flopped on the dirt the other day. Kenny McPeak, the trainer, says he doesn't really like the dirt. So turf is where they're going to campaign him. And where are they going to campaign him? They want to have a go at the Guineas and the Derby. Uh, with Tis the Bomb. On the face of it, Kevin, this is a fantastic good news story. How exciting an American coming over to try and win uh, the, the Classics. But, of course, owned by Phoenix Racing, this horse, who have been banned from making entries here because of concerns over the funding of that organisation. Should he be allowed to run if they can find a way around of changing the colours or leasing him out or whatever? Uh, you're right, Sean. It should be a brilliant news story. You know, this it should be a fantastic story. Kenny McPeak has come over before. You might remember he brought over um, Daddy's Little Darling to the Oaks and he she had a loose, horrendous, horrendous yeah. conclusion there. Thunderstorm, the horse uh, ran away, got bolted going to the start and was withdrawn. So he had a horrendous experience um, that, that you could only have sympathy for him. And But look, having something like this could be a great news um, a, a great news story for the race, create great interest both sides of the of the Atlantic. But then you have this undercurrent, which is clearly like deeply unsatisfactory. Uh, Phoenix Thoroughbreds, who, um, you know, well documented, um, you know, connections to the the one coin fraud um, that were mentioned in in court cases in the U.S. Um, and you know, while um, you know investigations ha haven't progressed beyond that um, you know most racing nations have taken action and they had they're not allowed to have runners I suppose it's fair to say in most of the major racing nations um, America is an exception Ireland is an exception um, but in the UK um, they haven't been allowed to have runners in their colors for quite some time but they had there has been a bit of a workaround with their horses being leased to the trainers that handle them etc and allowing them to run and it sounds like um, they might want to go about um, something similar here with, with this horse, Tis the Bomb, to allow him to, to run in the UK. So, look, the BHA just need to decide how they're going to deal with this because now is the time, really. If they don't want this to get to get on top of them, to dominate the cover, the, the build-up to the derby, they need to just take action now and maybe just give Ken, Kenny McPeak a call and say, hey, Kenny, we'd love to have you. Um, we would love you to have a runner here, but, look, not like this. Um, here's, here's your... You know, refund the entry fee and say, look, not like this, because it's it would be um, pretty unsatisfactory given the overall climate. I think should should they be making those sort of decisions, Matt? Or I think they're just going to change the owner, aren't they? I mean, if you will. yeah, but that's you... kind of a fig leaf, isn't it, really? But 
if you change the owner, Sean, you can't really deny a different owner from running. Um, I think I think they have the right to deny anyone they want to run, as far as I, as far as I know. But it's no it's... different to Bob Baffert horses going to another trainer and then them running, is it? If 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 Phoenix aren't the owners of this horse, um, then I don't see how you can stop the horse running myself. Um, and obviously for the race, it'd be great. I remember Sloopy, I think it was a horse called Sloopy running against Tinoso in 1983, um, was a big price, but added a lot of interest to that race. It was never going to do very well because it was bottomless ground for Tinoso's derby and it's not going to really suit an American raider. But, um, uh, you know, <laughs> once the horse change ownership, if you start stopping horses that have been owned by dodgy people running for other people, you, you're going to run out of horses fairly quickly. I mean, at the end of the day, if it changes owner, it clearly can be allowed to run it, in my, in my okay. opinion. OK, I think we, should, we may well come back to this nearer the time. We'll see how mm. it, it develops. We need to move on for now. Uh, look, Kevin, many thanks for your input today. Much appreciated as ever. It wasn't bad. No, always enjoyable. And then Matt Chapman twice in the space of, uh, what, four days? How spoiled am I? <laughs> you, Why is that funny? Go and have a lie down in a dark Why room. Why is that funny? Go and recover. How do you Thanks feel? Very much, I feel? Lads. Enjoy your Sunday. Thank you, Kevin. What's Thank you, like? Kevin. No one appreciates what it's like for me. Nobody thinks about what you go through. No, no, no one. It's always what others have to go through to see me. But what about how what I have to go through to see that thing? Yeah. Well, talking about what we go through for for good causes. Racing welfare's great cycle challenge uh, of 2021 was the inaugural one. Some of us were brave enough to take part, Matt. Mm. Some of us weren't. Uh, but they've got a new challenge. Oh, there we go. Uh, we've got a new challenge for 2020. Wow. Have you seen this man? <laughs> Call Crime Stoppers. Whoops. This, th th there's a few shots from, from, from last year. We, we just did the small matter of 500 miles from Carlisle to Newton Abbott. It was nothing. Uh, but it's even tougher this year, potentially, to tell us more. The Chief of Racing Welfare joins us. Gemma Waterhouse uh, is with us live. Hello, Gemma. What have you... Usually, Boise, we go from the sublime to the ridiculous, but on this occasion, we've gone to the, from the ridiculous to the sublime. Oh, very smooth, very smooth. Yeah. Uh, welcome, Gemma. What have you got up your sleeve to torture people with this year? Morning, Sean. Morning, Matt. Uh, so this year, I'm so excited about this event uh, because I'm actually taking part in it, for starters, which is both daunting and exciting. We're doing a 24-hour bike ride, so day and night, starting um, at lunchtime on the 16th of July at Cheltenham Racecourse. And we've mapped out a 30-kilometre loop going around the beautiful undulating Cotswold countryside. I say undulating, it's uh, 520 Hilly. metres incline yeah, <laughs> up Cleve Hill. Uh, so it's going to be pretty tough. Uh, but we're doing it as teams of four for this 24-hour period. You have two cyclists out on the track and two resting back at camp. And uh, the aim of the game is for everyone to uh, get as many miles under their belt as possible. Um, OK, so it's not a race. You're sponsored to do as many laps as possible, so it doesn't matter how quick you go. It doesn't matter how quick you go. You can have two fast riders, two slow riders. You can be all four slow riders, which will probably be the case for my team. Uh, Sean, I suspect your team will be up the front there leading the peloton. The Lycra um, team, Gemma. Can we yeah. call them the Lycra team? We can, Matt, because I think you're going to be in it, aren't you? <laughs> well, there, there's, there's a good question, Gemma, because it's yeah. nice of you to this put is, me in the team, but I feel, I feel I've done my there. bit. You know, I feel, I feel it's, it's time for you to shine, Matt. I, uh, Luke Harvey's uh, talking about throwing his hat in the ring, and, you know, look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm older than you. If I can do it, you can, you, you can do it. I mean, look, I'm happy to do a night shift. 
Uh, I'll bring you a bit have of... to do the, the full 24 hours, okay? Full through. It's this is this is. Can I you. do the role which is two people resting? I'll be happy. <laughs> Can I do the resting role? That sounded like a perfectly reasonable role. Um, I'm happy to do a bit of that. Do I have to do whole 24 hours? Yeah. Well, you be part of you part of a team of four, as Gemma says. You go out in pairs for safety, so two on the track, two resting, and you just keep rotating. It's only for 24 hours. You know, it's not... Well, the night shift sounds quite fun because. I'll bring a stereo along for my bike and we'll, we'll have a you'll, bit you'll, you'll be popular in the villages on the way round. <laughs> Look, I'm obviously going to get dragged into this. Um, clearly, I cannot say no. I will give you some training tips. <laughs> but I th is that a commitment? I mean, I'm happy to pot around. I'm taking, yeah. that, I'm taking that as a yes. That's a happy to pot around, but I'm going to be like the... The Beyonce of the team. I'm, I want fresh fruit. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, going to come with a big, long is... rider, uh, uh, Matt's Matt's uh, For people who want really to get well involved, supported. Gemma, look, uh, the, 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 there's a team element to this, obviously. So, like, hopefully we'll have a Sky Sports racing team. Maybe we'll have more than one. We could have a few. Uh, other companies, race courses, who's getting involved? Yeah, we want as many people to get involved as possible. So if you can pull together a team, brilliant. We've had interest in Darley. We've got uh, Ben Pauling's putting in at least one team. Uh, we've got plenty of studs getting in touch at the moment. So we want every organisation to put in a team. But if you aren't part of a team, it doesn't matter. Just register as an individual and we'll put you together in a team. We've got two racing welfare teams so far. Um, it's going to be so well supported. We've got mechanics, um, There'll be marshals, first aiders, uh, there'll be the sleep station map, which you can spend some time Lovely. in, the chill-out zone, the food, the food station. There'll be a oh. big party when it all finishes at lunchtime on the 17th of July uh, with a barbecue and lots of stuff for all the supporters. We want loads of family and friends out on the track cheering everyone round. It's going to be a really, really amazing day and we just want as many people as possible to take part. So everyone will have their jerseys with their uh, racing welfare on, but we want companies to get their logos on, get their colours branded, so that it's just going to look amazing going around this 30-kilometre track around Charlton. It's, it's a pretty ambitious thing and it, it will be fantastic to see and hopefully lots and lots of people get involved. If people are looking for more info and wanting to get involved, where, where do we go? Yeah, just head on to our website. There's a full events page about it. Um, I'll be putting lots of stuff out on my social media and Racing Welfare social media. Sean, I think you're going to do some stuff on social media for us, and Ben Pauling is as well. Uh, and Matt, I think maybe you'll be doing some social media posts too around well, your training. I look forward really to following now. your training. I'm looking forward to following your training, Gemma, but even more so to following uh, Matt's training is, is, as well. I, 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 I'm... I presume he's allowed. Is, is, is Ashin in there? Has he, has, he, has he said he'll do this yet, Gemma? We haven't asked him. I think the I... difficulty on a Saturday afternoon is to make sure that people are Well, happy he'll be free, trust me. It's this year, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's July. free. He's free. <laughs> I've, just, I, I've asked him. I said, I'll do it if you do it. And it would be, to be honest, if he's sensible, he'll say yes, because it's something that... Oh, that'd be fantastic. Well, there's no reason. He's not. He's either doing that or he could be doing show jumping. But he won't be racing. Well, exactly. A lot of a lot of jockeys, a lot of keen cyclists amongst them, but it's difficult for them to give up the day. But lots of racing yards are going to involve race courses, media groups like RCV or another media group get involved. Gemma, many thanks for that. We'll keep watching this space and uh, keep track of your progress. I have to dig my chopper out, and I mean that. <laughs> before anyone gets confused, that's a bicycle from a few years ago. Um, and, uh, and get that. Actually, I had, I had, to be honest, I had a tremendous... Do you remember grifters? I had a tremendous grifter back. I would pay serious money to see you go up Cleve Hill on a chopper. Uh, Gemma, many thanks. We'll, we'll catch up soon.
Thank you. Gemma Waterhouse and Racing Welfare. It is a fantastic, it's a fantastic cause. We, we can, you've got lots of time to get ready for it, uh, lots of time to train. Do check it out if you want to get involved. Individuals, groups, companies, stables, racecourses, whoever, uh, get a team involved in that. We're going to take a short break. Your views on some of the topics we've talked about coming up. Sure, some of those words that just flashed up apply. Uh, welcome back to Racing Debate here on Sky Sports Racing. We've come to the Skypad for some of your views. First off the blocks yes. is what? Let's have a look. Ah, oh, this is it. Totally, we haven't touched on this. Serpentine is going to Australia uh, to, uh, to race with Robert Hickmore, but he's been gelded. A derby winner. Gelded. Now, there may be, I don't know whether there's fertility issues or something like that, but that's a bit of a surprise, isn't it? No space for him anywhere on any roster anywhere in the world. A derby winner. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, he did win the derby, yes. Um, <laughs> so he's a derby winner. Yes. Um, look, not all derby winners become Galileos. Um, a lot of derby winners become jumping sires for a start. Yeah. Um, this guy, I think it's fair to say, would, was, was very lucky to be a derby winner. We'll move on. Who's next? OK, this is Cheltenham. Uh, should, uh, should we be talking about five days? They should be talking about dropping it back to three. Mm. Uh, is there any chance ever of going back to three? Is no. There? No chance whatsoever, ever, 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 ever. Um, it will not happen. Um, okay. Yes, it should, but it won't. It's a bit like saying drop the number on the whip rule, uh, get rid of the number. It's never going to happen because they've done it. And the, pe the, the problem with these kind of things is, Sean, is Can't. the people who originally did it will never want to admit that they got it wrong, so it will never happen. No, and often won't be around to see the consequences. Let's move on. Uh, four is plenty, uh, Mr Chapman says. The mayor's hurdle has no merit oh. being there. Honeysuckle is only beating Tosh. Uh, that's not her fault. Uh, five days only dilution. She's racing against the boys. What are you worrying about? Um, five days only dilution. It's the dilution argument. We've been there. Are we seeing evidence? I, my view is that we are seeing evidence of that, not just on, on, on the four, four days of the, of the festival, but also throughout the season, because there's so many targets and because people are minding their horses. We're just not seeing these horses race all year. Yeah, I mean, this, this just sums up everything. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not... There is one mayor's hurdle race, which is OK, but it just absolutely dilutes the festival because look at all those years Quivega should have either been in the stairs hurdle or the champion hurdle. But she had that race she won, and everyone goes, oh, she won six tests to it. Who cares? Get rid of I mean, the liner. Like, she should have been in the champion hurdle or the stairs hurdle. Um, look at this time around. All this talk about Gallant and Bob Ollinger. Both of those two should either be taking on Brave Man's Game or should either be taking on Edward Stone in the Arkle. And suddenly it would be so much more interesting. Like, this is, this is just such a nonsense tweet. It really is. It really gets me upset, he's agreeing with Gary's agreeing with you, I No, think. he's not. He's not. He's basically saying... Five um, days only... No, he says the mayor says there's no more merit being there. He's like he's only beating Tosh. He's having a go at that. And, and the Honeysuckle is not beating Tosh. But, and I think I may have said she is, but she's not. <laughs> she's that's not. that's but, why I say he's agreeing with you. That's my way of emphasising okay. that the opposition at the moment is very weak. Move on. Move on. And not Tosh. I, Obviously, I, I we'd all think, like to I think Gary's Charger. probably agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, if they had a fifth day, make it... This is, this is an, an idea. Make it a Saturday. Oh. Move the poorer races to it. Make it a day. More like the old Ascot Heath meeting is what BMN Racing is saying, which used to be a day for families, for picnickers. It was less... You know, high class, less high quality, more accessible. Perhaps people can go racing on a Saturday. What's wrong with that? We have a fifth day. It's a day when people go racing. All the stuff that we think isn't so strong, we stick it there because people don't mind so much. I mean, just have a have a day's racing on the Saturday. 
Well, that's what you say. Okay, but it's not part of the festival then, is it? It's just a day's racing. Well, I mean, slowly it will become part of the festival. I mean, it, <laughs> you know, I can't think of a worst idea. Okay. Well, have, a, have a bad fifth day on the Saturday. Why? Just, just I mean, why? Why? What else have we got? Let's have a look. Uh, Maddie Playoff from the post there. You can't dislike Nutswell. It's just a fact. I suppose if you were very contrary, Maddie, which is part of my job, you could... I, I, you know, you can't dislike... We say it every time the Hamiltons win. It is a ridiculous story. This is one great thing about racing. I can't think of another sport that could have an operation like the Hamiltons operating at the level they do. Well, this was a horse who had totally unproven stamina, was aged, I think, 11 off the top of my yeah. head. Um, had come down to a lovely mark, though. I mean, it, 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 it had, Sean, but it wasn't a handicap, was it? Was it? Fair point. Let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let's move on. Have we got any more? That's it. That's, it. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Well, I think we've solved a few issues. No fifth day for Cheltenham, but you will... You're convinced it's going to happen anyway. I mean, it's going to happen. It's about money, Sean. There's about a contradiction money. there, isn't it? Everyone says they don't want it, and yet everyone's going to support it. But it's going to happen because it's about money. And we, look, there is a side of me that understands that. I'm not totally stupid. Money does mean something to our sport, but the dilution is just so sad. I'm going to. I need to lie down before my cycle. I was going to say, don't lie down for too long because you need to get in training, my friend, for the racing. Can't get much fitter, Sean.